Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in giving a warm welcome to Mrs. Graham and her Dick Rock Dancers. Super duper! <laughs> oh god! Oh, bits! We got bits! We got bits! We got bits! And we've also got. <laughs> it's not even real, though. I know. Oh, the world of radio. Uh, welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> to Podlander Drunkcast, an Outlander podcast. I am Allison Schumacher. I'm Julie Starbird. And that's Janine. Hi. Uh, and what you just heard was the sound of a Cherry Coke opening, because we are recording this episode mere moments after we recorded the last one, so we still have beer mosas to drink, and Cheers. thus no can to open. So instead I just opened a can of Cherry Coke Zero, Breakfast of Champions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my plosives, my plosives! <laughs> Okay, so welcome back. Here we are in season one again. By the way, if you don't remember last week or if you've never listened to us before, Allison and I are both fucking hungover today. So the bits are wild and we're out of control, but we're also like, as Janine said, very motivated. We are extremely (laughs) motivated. To get through our notes and go walk outside for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, We... uh, we, we we made a mistake. We maybe, we, we maybe need some pizza. God, I can't stop breathing on the fucking mic. That's how drunk I am. We made and by a, drunk, I mean hungover. We made a terrible mistake last night in that we watched both season season one, episode one, and episode two back to back, which means that we drank a lot. You know, our real mistake though, Julie, was Wine. not. Yeah, it was not the drinking. It was that we we decided to try to class it up. With wine. So we abandoned our fine Pilsner beer and drank wine instead. <sighs> Which I have to tell you, Miller Lite, I love you so much because I can literally drink 12 of you. It's because it's like water with it hops. Yeah. Um, but we're both feeling a little fuzzy, cottony, yep. slow today, yep. so forgive us. We're feeling fuzzy enough that I just realized I neglected to make my favorite joke from episode one, so I'm just going to do it now. Do it. We were talking about, as we were watching the episode, we were talking about how Claire walks into a cabin full of handsome, bearded, dirty strangers. And like everybody in Scotland is so good looking. It's like my family Julie, reunion. Oh boy. <laughs> Julie was like, well, I, I don't know if you know this, but this is a very good looking show. Pretty much everyone on this show is good looking. And I said that that was true of everybody but BPD, who we won't name now because spoilery, but those of you who've been listening to season two know who BPD is. And I was trying to come up with the right description for him. And because I had had a bottle of because I had a bottle of wine. The best description I came up with is that he looks like a snowman made out of soy milk. <laughs> what? 
that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and wrapped in plaid. Because, you know, soy milk has that, like, brownish, it's, you know what I mean? It's moist. It's, it's like, got little flecks. So it's like if you it's like if you if you made snowballs out of soy milk and crafted them into a person. It'd that's be kind BPD. of melty and not quite right. That's not right. Andrew Gower, who is a very attractive man. But when he is playing the BPD, he looks like a snowman made out of soy milk wrapped in plaid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like I a Scottish Christmas that. present. I had forgotten about that. Anyway, uh, so now we're at episode two, Castle Leoc, and we pick up pretty much right where we left off, which is uh, Claire and company rolling into into the castle's, I don't know, muckyard. There are chickens. Yeah. There's a lot of mud There's involved. Everybody yelling. Claire's like, oh, this is gross. There's some oldie timey like bellows and shit. Like we get to look around and see, oh, this is actually for real. Like yep. 18th, 18th, 17th century. What is it? 18th, 18th century. century. Yeah. And uh, into this chaos comes running. Like a like an extremely competent cannonball, <laughs> Mrs. Fitz, Mrs. Fitzgibbons, who is just the best. What's the actor's name? Annette Badland. Annette, Annette Badland. Badland, you're great. You know what? Cheers. Cheers. The thing of the things that I missed in season two. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Fitz is pretty high in that list. I'm not gonna lie. So she is kind of the main housekeeper. She's in charge, you know, she's yep. she's the woman that knows where everything she is. She comes and in and she's scolding people for making a mess. There's this great little moment. In the muck yard. Yeah. There's this great little moment where she says that Murta looks disgusting. And he and because You smell he, like a rat dipped in shit or something she said to him. <laughs> she says, and he goes, ah, give us a kiss then. And chases her down and she's laughing and he's a fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's great. Um, and then she sees this whore. Wearing her nightgown. <laughs> and her shaft. Yeah. She, and she just looks, and you could just see her face go, what the fuck? Who's this bitch? <laughs> Who this? Uh, and Jamie introduces her like it's not weird that Claire is standing there basically wearing nothing by 18th century standards. And, uh, Mrs. Fitzgibbons, may I present Claire Pichichum. And, and God, Annette Badlin? Is that, yeah, was that, that her name? That. Has this great moment. It's so perfectly timed where she goes, ah, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good. And she says, that we'll get you something to wear that's a bit more, well, a bit, a bit more. more. <laughs> um, and takes her away so that she can mend Jamie's many wounds. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the mending of said wounds. Yes, and it's exposition, not sex position, mm-hmm. but we still get to see a lot of his tits. Yeah, uh, but we do see his back for the first time, yes. which we won't talk about yet, but it's gruesome. In fact, did somebody say it looked like beef jerky last night? <laughs> no, I said it looks like a Cornish game hen in a sack. That's right, like where the freaking <laughs> where the meat's, meat's coming, coming out of the, the laces. Yeah. Um, and um, Claire asks, he said he was flogged, and Claire Sarah asks him, why were you flogged? And my response to that was, look at me. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't flog me? Yeah. Who would beat the shit out of me for being this handsome? <laughs> Too hot. But that's we, why that's I got when we get the backstory on Blackjack the Randall. The backstory. <laughs> oh, I didn't even oh, intend it. No. Oh, Lord. that's how hungover we are. Lord. I'm planning it accidentally, and I haven't made a single music theater joke yet. <laughs> Um, although I did sing Piano Man in the last episode, so maybe we can count that. Uh, uh, moving out, the Billy Joel musical. <laughs> it's real. Twyla Farb. It is real. It anyway. is real. Um, so, 
he tells her the whole story. He tells her about being at Lallybrock and and moving some hay with a fork. Mm-hmm. A big, pitching, tall fork. Is it pitching hay? Pitching hay. Yeah. He's moving hay with a fork. And uh, <laughs> just, all of a sudden. I just imagine him like on the ground with a tiny little light cocktail fork. Um, All of a sudden he hears screaming and we don't quite know uh, anything about uh, Jenny Murray yet. Uh, Then Jenny Fraser. Sorry, that's a little spoiler. But since you don't know anybody named Murray, I'm not sure it's that much of a spoiler. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, he goes running to try to save her because red coats have come riding up the walk in those coats. In those damn coats. And and they're, uh, you know, attempting to put it in her. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he comes running and kicks the shit out of him because he's a giant man. And they're like little Ewok dudes. They're, they're they tiny think, little red coats. They do look really small. They're next malnourished. To him. Yeah, it's um. They don't. They're not eating enough paddich. <laughs> um, and the fight stops because he yells at Jenny to run when he realizes that Blackjack Randall has got her and has got a gun to her throat. I think it was a knife, was it a wasn't knife? it? I Something. can't remember. Whatever, anyway, a weapon. He it, Blackjack talks about how she's bonny, and. Uh, and then rips her blouse open. And I want to I want to give some props to Laura Donnelly, who, again, these are very mild spoilers. We will be seeing again, um, who is a v- tremendous actress who does really well in this episode, but signed on to play a character that she knew would come back. And her first appearance is basically just screaming in boobs. Mm-hmm. But she was like, you know what? I'll, I'm willing to go there. I'll do that. Hey, man, I the know payoff what I get to is do later. so huge. Yeah. The payoff is incredible. And for anybody who's seen the show. You know what happened. Jamie, of course, doesn't know what happens next, but we know what happens next. And we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. Yeah. But Jenny, so Jenny uh, goes inside with Black Jack because she thinks it's the only way that he won't kill Jamie. Yes. So instead, Jamie gets flogged. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to prison. He gets flogged again. And we learn more about that later. But yeah, that one's the big one. God, there's a cool effect, makeup effect, special effect. I'm not sure where it is, where you can actually see the welts rising on skin, mm-hmm. somebody's skin. I don't know if it's a back double. I don't know if it was like a like a sack full of vanilla pudding. <laughs> Maybe soy milk. <laughs> Maybe soy milk. Maybe soy milk snowman. I don't know, but it's a cool effect. Um, and Jamie is basically telling her this story as she's tending to his wounds, and Claire is obviously a good listener and seems a little flustered, but mostly is just listening. And Who not wouldn't be? you know I mean you're touching those shoulders I know right (laughs) we get their first little moment of real sexual tension that's not just me thinking man Jamie looks great covered in blood Mm -hmm. um but you know Claire's a married lady uh and he conveniently asks oh lass is your husband not alive and of course not alive yet get it get it get it um (laughs) yeah um, so then she cries, and we see his boob window when he when they bandage him up. It looks like he a, holds her, and then we also noticed, and we talked about this a little bit in season two. Jamie's hair sometimes just looks goofy, yeah. and we can't figure it out because sometimes it's amazing, and other times it's like <laughs> that's funny. And we were watching it last night, and uh, can I use? Sure. His name Tom was like Tom is Allison's boyfriend. He just moved here, and uh, he goes. Looks like he was wearing a ball cap. It really does. <laughs> and it did kind of look it like he had like hair. The top of his head was sweaty, and then he has the little flyaways underneath. Like kind of a sweat ring behind his yeah. ears, like 
whatever, I'd still hit it. Yeah, yeah. Hat head's not stopping me from hitting that. I'm just saying his hair sometimes looks real goofy. Having having no head would probably stop me from hitting it, but I'm not sure if there's much else that he could do. (laughs) But I'd still climb that tree. Um. Anyway, so it's a it's a good little scene, and he says that he's gonna make sure that she's protected while she's at Castleliac, and he's Jesus. What about when you're not around me? And he tells her, "Oh, well, because you're British, and the police are that's not the pretty thing to be." You are British, and the police are that is not a pretty thing to be, Monsieur. But um, le clock, Monsieur. Oh, God. Anyway. um, Wait, you are about to get to use it because we flash to Claire being asleep in her sumptuous room. Oh, yeah. Being woken up with her bed hair, which is amazing. Oh, it's great. Thank God. Thank you. Thank you, Robin Moore and company, for letting Claire wake up looking like the hot damn mess she would look like if she Mm -hmm. woke up. Because her hair, oh Fuck God, up. it's great. It's so good. But Mrs. Fitz wakes her up by basically throwing the curtains open and being like, get your ass out of bed. Don't get out of bed. And then she feeds her and like cleans her up and is about to give her some new clothes. Yeah. Puts on new old clothes, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But then when she takes off the shift, what's there? A brass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's from France. And that's when Miss Fitzgibbons is like, oh, France. Okay. Ooh. I see if what you say those so. people are what like. What kind of corset is that? And it's this tiny little bronze. It's a brassier. It's a brassier. It's French. And then she gets up in her Highlands drag, and it takes forever, and it looks extra heavy mm-hmm. and hot, and that corset is bullshit, and um, I bet she's just dreaming of 1948. Yeah, you can see every time Mrs. Fitz legs, yanks on the corset, you can see Claire go, fuck this shit. Um, but when she's done she looks nice and homespun she's gonna fit in now and her boobs are right at her chin yeah they're just like pushed right up there Mm -hmm. um uh we watch always the little uh bonus stuff that comes after the episode and in the, the it was actually really interesting all the stuff that we learned um in this one in particular but the big thing that he talked about was how long that sequence took to film because putting on all those clothes takes a lot of time yeah he said it would take up to 20 to 25 minutes yeah. to get and her then dressed. they'd take it off and do the shot do again, again. so they just did it over and over and over and over again and those two women hauling all that wool over her tiny tiny body hauling wool yeah <laughs> with a fork they're picking it up with a fork um uh but it's a great way to see like the difference she gets the mm-hmm. little um butt roll Mm-hmm. What do you call hip pad, hip, hip roll, pad, something like that? Something. Um, she she's wearing these little felt shoes that get tied on, and they look like toms. <laughs> they look like toms, um, or knockoff toms. Neil said chuckas, but they look more like toms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's a proper Scottish lady, and she's ready to meet himself. And himself is Colin McKenzie, the uh, Laird of. Clan Fraser? Clan McKenzie. Clan McKenzie. That's right. I always do this wrong. Remember, everyone, I have never read the books and never will. And she barely speaks English. It's <laughs> fucking true today. It's so, true. so true. <laughs> so um, she goes to Colm's very impressive study, played, mm-hmm. I should say, by the fucking badass Gary Lewis. He is so good. There are some actors that you can tell that they're just incredibly intelligent because they get cast to play intelligent people and you can watch them thinking so fast, you know? And mm-hmm. he's one of those. Yeah. He's just like, sly as a fucking fox. It's great. Um, 
he comes in and starts immediately like dancing around trying to figure out who the fuck well, Claire is. He doesn't dance no, around. He doesn't dance because his legs are fucked. <laughs> it's Toulouse Lautrec syndrome. <laughs> and finally, we've been talking about this all through season two when we see him. This is the first time we actually see him. It's really impressive what they did. And in the little bonus notes at the end of the show, they showed how they did it. Yeah. Finally, Basically, we got to see it. Basically, he was wearing, like, disco socks. <laughs> yeah, they were, like, Mondrian socks. Right. <laughs> um, with little <coughs> patches of color all over him. And then he, they made... Terry Dressback's brilliant. They made shoes for him that had wedges that basically forced his feet to roll outward. Um, so he, so then he, then he added this like extra rolling gait. Um, but his legs, I mean, he's got like some good calves, Gary mm-hmm. Lewis, nice calves. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just go away. And what really sells it, I think is the fact that he is, um, walking on the edges of his feet and then mm-hmm. is obviously adopting this sort of odd gait. Cause when we, when we watched season one for the first time, we didn't watch, I didn't watch any of these bonus things. And Neil and I were always like, what did they do to his legs? And so it was, it was a just very well done computer yeah. effect. Really good. In addition to his good acting. Yeah. Um, So in this scene, he's basically trying to find out who Claire is. And we get this little flashback to Frank saying, oh, well, I had to take a class in withstanding interrogation. They tell you to stick as close to the truth as possible and only change the details which have to be hidden. So Claire proceeds to tell a total fiction. Just like five lies in a row. Yeah, just like lie, 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 lie. There's lie. nothing and even close to the when truth. When we get to Blackjack Randall being a son of a bitch, that's the first time that she actually says something that's true. And it's the one thing that he really doesn't believe her on. I mean, I know he doesn't believe anything, but it's the one thing he calls her on. Because mm-hmm. he says, why would... Why would Captain Randall, uh, who has a certain reputation, it must be said, randomly rape a woman in the woods for no good reason? And then Claire reaches into her feminist Twitter handbag <laughs> and says, is there ever a good reason for rape? And Colm like, goes full, I'm scared of feminist Twitter, and says, that was poorly worded. I apologize. Gentlemen, take note. That is the appropriate way to respond when a woman is like... You shouldn't have said that, bitch. That's the appropriate way. I'm, I, I apologize. You're correct. Poorly worded. She says, thank you. I want to go home now. <laughs> yeah, can I please leave? Uh, and they set something up where in five days, she's going to leave the town with a tinker. Um, we just looked at Janine at the same moment because he is totally right in balls deep in the Patrick Rothfuss books and their tinkers. Fi- tinkers are, oh yeah. 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 They're real. Anyway, so she's got to make it five days and then she'll be able to go back to Inverness with a tinker and from there to the dick rock. Tinker with a dick rock. To tinker with a dick rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and she thinks, okay, I can make it. I can make it five days. I can do it. Flash forward to her getting shit canned at dinner like a fucking idiot. I was like, that's like me at a dinner party. Oh, yeah. It's a very awkward dinner. She walks in. She curtsies. Nice curtsy, Claire. She's got a seat at the big fancy table. You right know, when next you to when himself. You're in, like a giant dining room and there's or, or like at a wedding where there's the table where everybody just faces out. Mm-hmm. That's obnoxious. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is the word dais or dais? It's dais. dais yeah. Is it? It's kind of like a dais. And like she walks in and everybody shuts up. And I was like, oh God, it was like walking into the cafeteria in and seventh grade. And we see a bunch of the dudes from the sweaty cabin. So we mm-hmm. see uh, people we now know are named Angus. Rupert. Rupert. Obviously Murta. Mm-hmm. Gilf is on the dais. Da- da- dais. 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 Uh, and he with... pulls out a chair and is like, 
come sit up here with us, yep. lady. Yeah. She's right next to Colum, who's right next to his wife, Letitia, who we see very little of, but who seems awesome. Yeah. Especially when she fucking tosses a piece of bread to Claire. Yeah. She's like, ew, Babbocks! And it just flies through the air and Claire catches it. Mm-hmm. I want a spin-off, just the two of them throwing bread at each other. Um, and then uh, at some point... She... Colm tries to get her drunk and succeeds, and then she fucks he up. He keeps topping up her glass. She's not even With noticing. Radish. Radish. Uh, and she keeps drinking, and... It doesn't even occur to her that maybe she shouldn't be hammered. Again, bad time traveler. That she shouldn't be hammered when she's surrounded by people who are incredibly suspicious of her. Mm-hmm. So, and a little boy runs up that she had seen playing in the muck yard with Gilf. Yeah. And he introduces himself as Hamish. Yes. And she says something about his father. I saw you playing in the... Didn't you remember, Dougal? You were throwing him around. And then it goes... Chirp, 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 chirp. Dougal's not his chirp, father. Chirp. Those are crickets. Actually, he is his father, but like we don't talk about it. That's my spoiler section. Okay. It's fine. So what we know is that everybody is like... And Claire can tell she stepped in a landmine. If there was a turntable, it would have gone... I, I seem to have made an error. And that's when you can tell she's real wasted. And she Poor stands little Hamish. Up. He's real cute. They may not have hired the best child actor. He goes, I'm the son and heir of Dougal McKenzie. Or, oh my God, call him McKenzie. And then Letitia being awesome is like, damn straight you are. Come sit down. Time to eat. Yeah, eat this roll. Throw. <laughs> and then <laughs> throws him a panic. He catches it in his mouth, chokes, and dies. Whoops. <laughs> oh, Hamish. Uh, but then uh, Claire is, thinks, oh, I um, am not feeling well. I mean, Maybe you should go to bed. Away. And then she full on drug stumbles, putting her hands Hugs on the wall. <laughs> trying there, to get Claire. to her bedroom. Hashtag been there. Yeah. Just hugging a wall. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, sleeps it off, presumably. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows up in the kitchen the next morning feeling a lot like we do right now. <laughs> feeling, ex- and then Mrs. Fitzgibbons <laughs> just laughing at her. this big ass clump of gelatinous fucking oatmeal porridge out and it's like here eat this and but it's the like, good news is she's shitting regularly yeah um oh god but it looks so gross it's like an ice cream scoop shape well because it's, it's like, old it's old parrot yeah uh and she says no actually i was thinking i might take some lunch and some clean bandages to mrs mctavish to mr mctavish and everyone's like oh who's mr mctavish and that's when we realize jamie is is Not operating under a false name the same name but then they get it and they're like oh you want to take him some food and some bandages. Wink, wink. <laughs> Me too. And then we find out that he's actually out with the horses in the stables. He's uh, he's trying to break a spirited filly. Jamie might have a thing for rowdy women. Tom was right, though. The man who breaks horses is definitely a romance trope, and I don't get it. Is it because... They can control. Like, what is it? I think it's more like an untamed free thing that they're willing to expose themselves to. Maybe it's just because it looks good with big shoulders. Well, it did look good because she goes out to the paddock and there he is with this beautiful white horse. And he's got like got an understanding with it. And he's just about to get her there. And then Claire knocks a damn mug off of her fence and scares the shit out of her. Fucks it all up. (laughs) Jamie like does not lose his temper because he's awesome. And then he's wearing a vest (laughs) Uh, and they go and they sit and they have in the stable a nice chat about the price on his head and whatnot. They're eating sandwiches. And then she probably finger fucks his bullet hole. (laughs) 
Um, but she cleans his wound, whatever. And then Alec, the guy who runs the stables, like, uh, uh, could you get back to work, please? Could you please break that fucking horse? And Jamie's like, oh, mm, fine. fine. Uh, and then Claire leaves and realizes that she has a chubby follower. <laughs> Uh, he also, I want to say this, Jamie spends a lot of that scene in a crouch position, um, well worthy of a freeze frame. Yeah. Just saying. We tried to see if you could actually see up his kilt. You can't, but you can see some, uh, you're welcome, Neil. Excellent thews. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. It's like strong legs. Neil is obsessed with this word and will not stop using it. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Well, he does have very muscly legs. It's mm-hmm. a nice shot. So then she goes to leave the stables and she realizes she has a she has a chubby follower. <laughs> Some little chubby asshole following her around. Uh, and this is Rupert, uh, who says, oh, well, you know, I'm just supposed to go everywhere you go. And she gets him to admit that Dougal is having her followed. And he tells her it's not just him. He'll be trading shifts with Angus and then says she'll she'll greatly prefer him to Angus because Angus likes to fuck around. And if he can't get a woman, he'll accept a farm animal. And I wrote down hashtag Angus fucks rabbits. Yeah, because he said we beasties. We beasties. And we're like, we? Like little? <laughs> like a rabbit? Squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, they've got some great banter about bathing and blah, blah, blah. And then Claire goes to really yell at Dougal because she apparently has forgotten who she is trifling with. And he, She really is just the worst time. She's really bad at he's it. He's like, oh, well, okay. You want to know how you felt? I think you're an English spy. Um... And yeah, that that'll do her. That's it. And uh, you're here under my protection, so just you know, yeah, shut the fuck up. She tells him that he'll be she'll be gone by Saturday, and that is obviously news to him. This is a little hint at that maybe there's some brotherly tension there, mm-hmm. uh, which we may or may not learn more about later. Um, oh, we will. And then Claire's like, fuck this. I gotta get the fuck out of doors. I can do anything for five days. Go ahead and follow me. I don't care. So she goes out into the garden. To angrily pick some flowers. And some mushrooms. She's getting some fungi. Yeah. Um... And she's all like, pick a little, tuck a little, pick a little, tuck a little, pick a little more, pick a little, tuck a little, pick a little. Kelly loves you right now. Yeah. So she she's getting these mushrooms, and then all of a sudden, a mysterious voice, a cool wind. There's a disturbance in the forest. Blow over my forehead. Right. And Claire, and a voice speaks. Those ones are poison. And Claire bops her head on the tree, like I don't know, Three Stooges style. And she turns around, and there's this beautiful weird woman just standing there staring wearing at her. a shawl like it's a scarf over her head. And this is Gayless Duncan. Mm-hmm. And when Gayless showed up, I was so happy to see her that I think I have to honestly say that she's maybe my favorite character on the show. That's mm-hmm. how excited I was to see her. And don't get me wrong, I love Myrta. Myrta's real high on the list. And there are a bunch of characters we'll meet in season two that I'm also very fond of. But God, Gayless showed up and I was so excited to see her. And Gayless straight up says... Those mushrooms are poison. Are you trying to poison someone? Your husband, perhaps? And I'm like, let me know and I'll use them on mine. Yeah. And it's like, oh, she's, she really has a thing. She- uh, Galus is played by the fucking amazing Lottie Verbeek, who is so good on this show and so good on Agent Carter, where she plays a character that could not be more different. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't watched Agent Carter, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> You're the reason it got canceled, but I still urge you to check it out. Uh, and she's in season two of that show and is great. Anyway, um, Galus Duncan is immediately starts making friends with Claire and is like kind of dropping some juicy hints. Like yep. she's feeling Claire out, but you can tell that Galus has a, 
an interest in Claire. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you're like, oh, well, they're, they're going to be buds. And she's like, well, hey, come hang out at my place. I've got a shit ton of potions and plants you can look at. And, uh-huh. and she actually says people think I'm a witch. So People think I'm a witch. Okay, oh, God, hard. I wish I'd written down. She has a great response where she's like, of course not, but I do know what'll turn toadstools into rabbits or some shit. Mm-hmm. Obviously joking. Uh, and then says, oh, well, I'll see you tonight at the hall. And we cut to the hall where Claire is wearing a choker. Brenna. It's it's our we're cursed with the resurgence of the choker, I think, because of this episode of Outlander. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to go on record as saying the only reason to wear a choker is to make sure that your husband can't make your head fall off. Yeah. It's like <laughs> actually tying fairy tales. Your head on chokers. They're gone for a reason. Don't bring them back. Resist the urge, ladies. The universe is trying to tell you that you should be wearing something called a choker around your neck. Yeah. You can do better. Yeah. Come do on. better. Do better. If you're really feeling like tying something on, just go get like a tit ring. I don't fucking care. Just, do, don't. Or just wear a scarf. Yeah. A scarf is nice. A scarf is nice. There's no need for a choker. Mm-hmm. Let's not bring back chokers. Anyway, um, Claire's wearing a choker. Galus is wearing probably some cool dress that we don't get to see much of. And they're watching as Column basically deals with dis- disputes. People are coming into the hall and being like, he hey, my cow. He hey, took my Laird, land. How do we deal with this problem? Talk to me, oh wise Laird. And it's in Gaelic and Galus is translating and they're obviously hitting it off. It's cool. And then into this, uh, I don't know, tranquil setting, rushes a dude pulling his daughter by the hair. And I'm going to do my best, because we're rewatching, to just take this scene on its own terms. Mm-hmm. So this <clears throat> poor girl is being pulled in by her hair. And her dad says. loose behavior. Her dad says, what do I do about this slut? Basically. Yeah. yeah. Galus again translating. Um. And the Mackenzie orders that she be punished, that she be physically punished in view of everyone. Like she gets her ass beat. She's basically for being a hot young woman that she can't help. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but while there are upsides to the 18th century, mostly all the hot dudes, there are some real downsides. There's lots of like disease, fucking corsets, getting the shit beat out of you because you're a woman. Like. I don't want to go back there. They're not the good old days. They're not the good old days. Um, although, I mean, that, that, there are some handsome men. Anyway, um, so this girl, whose name we find out is Lyra, spelled L-A-O-G-G-H-G-G-H-T-U-T-R-X-Y-Z-L-A-I-R-E. M. Um we find out her name is Larry. She's getting ready to be punished when all of a sudden the camera cuts and we see Jamie and Murta having a little heated argument. And Murta is, you, it's hard to read his lips, but but you, if you look really close, you can see him saying, Stop it. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Don't do what that. What is your fucking problem? You don't even know this girl. Just, could you just be cool, bro? Just be cool for one minute. Just and please be like, cool. No, I've got to give up remember? my body. Do you remember that you fucked up your soldier, your shoulder in like three different ways in the last two days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got to give up my body because that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, and then he says something that sounds like, and walks out, kilt a swinging into the middle of the floor and basically says, oh, I'll take her punishment. And you can see both Colm and Dougal get a little glint in their eyes. 
And Galus explains that he's chosen fists rather than the strap. Which makes sense. Because, because on the one hand, you'd think that's basically tan leather back there now. But he's a little strap leery. He is... Because see, her name was leery. That, was, that one was a little bad. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> it's all right. You're hungover. Um, <laughs> but also, because you, on the one hand, you think, well, I mean, at, at this point, that probably is not going to hurt very much. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, then everybody would see it. And mm-hmm. that's obviously something he's sensitive about. And anyway, he chooses fists, point being. Uh, and so Rupert, ye of the non-rabbit fucking. The chubby one. The chub, the chubster. The chubby. <laughs> he, he walks up and is kind of smiling and they're smiling at each other. And obviously, like, Rupert is like, I'm going to have fun being the shit out of you. And Jamie is like, I know you are, bro. And Let's I'll remember it later. So first it's like a punch here, a punch there, here a punch, there a punch, everywhere a punch, punch. punch. <laughs> and uh, Claire keeps saying things like, it's barbarous. It's terrible. And Galus is very clearly just like, shut up so I can watch the handsome men hitting each other, please. <laughs> can you shut up? Can you just shut up for a second? And uh, and you keep waiting for Rupert keeps checking in with Dougal, clearly waiting for a sign that he can stop. And it doesn't come and it doesn't come. Uh Galus explains that it's when blood is drawn. And he punches him in the face and he spits blood on the floor, yep. but that's not enough this time. No, it doesn't stop. So then he punches him in the stomach, and then he probably punches him in the nuts, but we don't see it. He punched him in the kidneys real hard, remember? Because yeah. he was like, oh, it's got to go pee now. He, he probably punched him right in the balls and then broke his fingers because Jamie has balls of steel. <laughs> um, and then he punches him, and you can see Rupert not having fun anymore. Mm-hmm. This... what. What's the, Rupert's name? The actor's uh, name? Grant O'Rourke. Grant, Grant O'Rourke. O'Rourke. That's right. Uh, we love you, Grant O'Rourke. He's doing a great job. Um, you can see that Dougal's like, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. And where's the next place that he punches him, Julie? Right in the old shoulder that's got all the problems. <laughs> yeah. It's Which is pretty much like getting punched in the nuts all over your body. Yeah. That's what so I think. So the, the bullet hole, the dislocation all happened in the right shoulder. So Rupert's like, uh, all right. That's got to be it, right? And then he turns back and Dougal's like, nope. And then Rupert throws just a hell of a haymaker. Mm-hmm. He punches him so hard in the face that that giant strapping skyscraper made up of meat and penis <laughs> hits the rocks. Real, like... Uh, I'm making a topical sports <clears throat> reference because, as Julie said, my boyfriend just moved here. So now I know these things. Just like Cam Newton in the NFL season opener <laughs> just goes right to the ground and he's not getting up again. And you're really concerned why there isn't a concussion doc coming out and checking to see if he's okay. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it does happen. And then Jamie goes to play more football. Um, <laughs> basically. Uh, and it's rough, man. It's rough. So he leaves. Claire goes. Oh, we also found out. Or is this where we find out that Miss Fitzgibbons is her grandmother? We're about to find that out. Okay. So Claire goes to patch up Jamie and Jamie. Again. Again. He's maybe another thing Jamie is bad at not getting the shit kicked out of him on the regular. He's he's really bad at not giving up his body. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, For which we are grateful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway. So Claire goes to patch him up and Mrs. Fitzgibbon comes in with, I don't know, some like witch hazel and garlic and whatever the fuck counts as medicine back then. And 
he she says it's really brave and then Annette Badlin has mm-hmm. a great little moment where she explains that Leary is your granddaughter and then sort of starts crying and has to run out of the room and it's very nice and Claire asks like well why the fuck did you do that and he's like mm-hmm. I don't know it's just what I do <laughs> later explains that um, she would have been humiliated and it's not so hard for him to just get beat up and mm-hmm. that would have been way worse for her and then you see Lyra kind of hanging out in the doorway. And so they got to make out or something. Yeah. You know, it's like clearly there's a, there's a, some, uh, there's a grateful lassie. Yes. Waiting to say thanks. And so Claire spirits herself away. Um, and then we see her about to get on the tinker truck, right? Yeah, she's about to climb right aboard the Tinker, tinker Taylor Soldier, Soldier Spy mobile and um, leave. And then Gilf comes out and says, uh, 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 uh. Um, oh no! My brother wants, Cole to, see wants you. to see you, and he leads her down some very familiar looking hallways. Yeah. As Claire's walking down it, she's like, "Why are my thighs all wet? Why is this <laughs> shitty castle all of a sudden shittier?" Yeah. Why? But like, but why? Why is my vagina pulsating? I don't What's understand. What's happening? I seem to have it's a like memory a of sense memory. It's I have a deja. <laughs> <laughs> why does it smell like pot? <laughs> <laughs> and they push open the door. We get a flashback to Claire and Frank, like shouldering that door open and walk into the lair of the castle troll, which as it turns out is actually what passes for a hospital. Yeah. Um, and Colm is there and he explains that their previous healer died, which makes it sound like he was not a very good doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, she's looking at the books and she's wandering around. Says, "Oh, this is very interesting, but I gotta go to Inverness yeah, the now. Tinker is, I'm um, gonna date with a dick rock, and uh, Tinker's uh, really on time. Yeah, um, I need to go. Yeah. So, and he's like, "Yeah, I, no, actually, you don't. I don't know what the fuck you're doing here. I don't believe a word you've said. So until I figure it out, how come you're? You'll just be the nurse. How's that sound? And she does not like one. No, she does not like when. <laughs> uh, and has some choice words to say to Colm and is very dispirited and feeling like the the she's in the lair of the castle troll, which is her. Whoops. And I have a note here and I can't remember what the <laughs> what the precipitating statement was. Was there something about a woman's secret? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he says, you have secrets, Claire, and I don't know if they're the normal women's secrets that don't affect men. And I'm like, here's a woman's secret. Finger up the butthole. (laughs) (laughs) Works every time. (laughs) Hashtag get her done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So we're left with her. Uh, Here's a woman's secret. Thanks. Period underwear. Uh, this is not a paid endorsement, but I, I've got a pair of those things. I know if you're a woman, you've seen sponsored ads on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I know it seems like it's probably gross. It's not. Order that shit. Mm-hmm. That's for real. It's really great. Woman's secret. Woman's secret. <laughs> so basically, Calm's like, you're locked up. You're my prisoner. Yeah. But we're going to make it look good. It's, we're going to make it look like you're, you know, you got a job here. Yeah. And you can help me, but really, you're locked up. Yeah. You're a prisoner. And the door closes... And doesn't lock with a resounding clink like it locks. It's very confusing. It's yeah. just the handle going down, but there's like a really long shot of it. So you think it's like a key being turned. But, but we're no. like, it's on the inside. She, she can just go. Out. She could just go get another baddock with Letitia if she, she wanted to. She could totally get out. She can go down to the kitchen and hang out with Mrs. Fitzgibbons. What's up? Yeah. Um, and Rupert's not there, so that's an upside. She's the only one in her hidey hole. That's mm-hmm. really good. Um, 
And that's pretty much where we leave it. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it's um, it's again a lot of like place setting things that are con- going to come into play later. It will surprise no one to know that this isn't the last we've seen of the poor blonde Scottish lass. Mm. We'll talk more about her in the spoiler section. <laughs> Um, that's a lovely sound. Sorry. You gotta hold it in. You gotta hold it in. Um, we learn a little bit more about Mrs. Fitzgibbons, which is great. And we learn more about Jamie, obviously Jamie's story and also mm-hmm. the kind of person he is, which is a good person. Um, Willing to give up his body at every turn, which is great for the show mm-hmm. and our show. Cause mm-hmm. it wouldn't exist otherwise. I know. Um, <laughs> did we miss anything? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, it's a pretty compact little episode. Mm-hmm. Lots, um, lots happening, but it sounds like... Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it really gets cooking in the next episode. It's pretty good. Um, so, our little scales. Let's do for how frequently you can get up to get another drink. Um, let's do... What was the name of that Neil deGrasse Tyson? Cosmos. 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 Cosmos on the low end. Mm -hmm. I think Neil would want you to get another drink if you needed one. Mm -hmm. To, um, how about the Dark Crystal? Oh, God, it's been so long. Oh, I should save that one for costumes. Fuck. Too late. Yeah, whatever we do what we want Take i guess it back. we do i guess we oh how about this rupaul's drag race all-star season oh, two man well it's definitely not at the level of rupaul's drag race to me because i can barely handle the fact that commercials exist at all during that show because i'm just like on the edge of my seat yep so no uh this one was this episode was a little bit more uh it moved a little bit faster and was a little bit more interesting to me than episode one like i liked episode one but i understood its role this one was like deepening that and I was it was more interesting, but I still think I could get up and go get a drink sometime, but not, you know, all the time. OK, so, so, that's, so that's a what? That is a. It's an episode of Grace and Frankie. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Which I'm into it, but it's not going to be a big deal if I miss a couple of lines okay. of dialogue or whatever. All right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go, just because it's on the brain right now, I'm going to go with Fear the Walking Dead. Ooh. Um, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of either of the Walking Dead franchises. Like, I watch because, frankly, when you're a TV critic, you have to either be current on Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead or you just won't make any money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I current on The Walking Dead. And I'm about to sub for uh, another writer on Fear the Walking Dead. So I've been watching all of that this weekend to make sure I'm caught up. And that's good. Kim Dickens is in it. And God, she's really good. But like for a show that you feel like you need to know everything that's happening. I did a lot of like surfing the Internet or going to get another drink or talking to Tom or whatever Mm -hmm. while it was on. So that's Mm -hmm. like comes right to mind. All right. uh, Me and my roommates call out. I love that show, by the way, uh, as much as we also call it Fear the Walking Molasses. Yeah, it's a little slow. It moves slow. real it's slow. Super slow. Yeah. <laughs> but God, Kim Dickens is so good. And Coleman Domingo, who I briefly, briefly worked with at the O'Neill, mm-hmm. is like a big part on that show, and it was really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Costumes. So, on a mm-hmm. scale of uh, two guys, a girl, and a pizza place <laughs> to Mad Men. Mm. Oh no, we were gonna do the dark crystal. So the dark crystal, dark crystal. Okay, uh, which is uh, one elf, one baby, and a pizza place. 
<laughs> well, since this is Galus's first introduction and we get to see her with her weird ass shawl wearing the wrong way and like learn a little bit about her just from that. And we get to see Claire having to get put in the 18th century drag. We get to see all the under things and like how it all works. So it's a little bit more forward on the costume scale than say episode one was. Um, and Jamie's vest is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to go pretty high, but I can't go dark crystal high. I can't go straight Muppet. I'm going to go. What's a movie with some good costumes where you think about the costumes, where the costumes are important? Titanic? Yeah, that's a good one. Costumes are important. Yeah, because the, it tells us it's good with like character significance or sign- signifying what type of person somebody is or what class they belong to. And I think a, a kind of that stuff was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. I'm going to go with something that we'll reference again in a minute when we talk about the bonus stuff at the end mm-hmm. that Ronald Moore told us. Uh, but I'm going to go Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. Well, we are in that castle. Right? Yeah. But it's like the Did costumes you know that? matter yeah, in that movie. Castle? Yeah, castle Leah Leah is the yeah. castle for Monty oh, Python really and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> God, I meant to try to find the perfect quote from that movie. And then we got hammered and played personal preference instead. <laughs> My personal preference is to play personal preference. Yes. Um, By the way, you guys, if you've never played that board game, you should check it out. It's really great. It's like trapped in 1982. Yeah, I, I learned. I learned yesterday that at least all of my friends know that I am strongly against apartheid. They may not know anything else about me, but they know that I oppose apartheid. The first time I ever played that game, people were surprised to learn that I prefer hot mustard to a hug from a stranger. And I was I like, was not. how is that? A, how is that a fucking surprise? Don't touch me. That wasn't surprised to me. Also, I'm just not really into hugs. Yes. Um, <laughs> I feel like I shared a little what too much What the fuck there. were we talking oh, about? Costumes. Costume. Oh, yeah. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. It's like they're important and they serve a purpose, but they're not really the main event, um, except right. for the Galus thing. And here's where I get to drop one of my favorite anecdotes, uh, which if you listen to the live show, because you're a backer on Pat- Patreon. 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 We'll talk more about that in a minute. Get- you have access to the live show that we did at Wizard World last month and um, would already know this. Uh, Galus, Lottie Verbeek, who plays Galus, would come in for her costume fitting and be like, oh, I think I want to wear this over my head instead of what it actually does. Or, oh, I think I want to wear this backwards. Or maybe just like one sleeve. And she would just like put it on the right way and then would put it on the weird way and then be like, oh, great. Nope, that's fine. Because she just thought Galus Galus would always be a little off. Like she would always be doing something that's not quite normal, mm-hmm. even when the costume's right, um, which I think is pretty sweet and mm-hmm. like the mark of a good actor. So mm-hmm. if you look, you can see that thing she's wearing has a big hole in the back of it, and that's where her head is supposed to go. <laughs> it's real weird. But she wears it like a shawl yeah. instead. Uh, all right, last one. Doing it. Doing it. That's a zero. Do we even need a scale? No, there's, there's no, no doing, doing it. it. It's I like mean, season two all over We do again. get the boob window, though. We do. So we maybe like an objectification big. scale. So mm. on a scale of um, uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon <laughs> to uh, Ghostbusters, the lady version with Kate McKinnon and Chris Hemsworth. Oh, where's it on the scale? It's pretty. I mean, it's there, but it's not like. I mean, they're in your face, but it's not like in your face. You know what I mean? It's not. Right. Um, 
I'm going to go tonight show with Johnny Carson. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. He mean, there was some objectification going on there, but it wasn't like he was charming and it's just part of talking, you know. Uh, I'm going to go with Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing, <laughs> mm-hmm. where Keanu Reeves is running around in pants that are way too small for him. <laughs> And doing the worst villain laugh I've ever heard. There's literally a scene in that movie where he goes running down like a tunnel going, ha, 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 ha,
As always, we need to thank Miller Lite, a fine Pilsner beer, as well as Miller High Life, the champagne of beers this week, as well as three of our Patreon backers um, who have given at a level that's high enough that every week they get thanked because they're amazing and they're making it so that we're not just paying lots and lots of money to make this show. Um, Instead, we're partially supported and that's really awesome. So big thanks, as will be every week until they decide they're tired of us, to Amanda (laughs) Newton, Beth Luck, and Kathleen Moniz. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hashtag Angus fucks rabbits. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a... How does that even work? <laughs> squeak, squeak. <laughs> Just, it's like a bunny slipper, but instead of a foot, it's your oh. dick. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, um, we're going to give a little pause here. If you have not seen season two and you're, or you're watching along with us, stop listening here. You can come back and listen to it later. It'll still be here. Audio files are forever. Uh, and for the, those of you who are not sticking around, we will see slash here slash whatever you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Look up to spoiler tell. <laughs> uh, Larry. Yeah, so it's really interesting. It was interesting watching Julie watch this episode again, knowing I had completely that now, forgot because about of course this. when I watched mm-hmm. it, I already knew that Larry was the worst. Um, but Julie, when she first watched it, and we didn't watch this one together, so mm-hmm. I didn't see it the first time. Uh, but it was interesting seeing it through somebody else's eyes. Because if you're going just off of what happens, she hasn't done a thing wrong except for be a lady. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lady, as it were. Whatever. Be a tramp. Yeah. Um, a lady and a tramp. Um, but, but really? God, it's just... She's a conniving little oh, asshole. She's the worst. She's so terrible. And it makes you think, like... I wonder how much of it is just them not handling the character all that well because we even we don't even see that much of her mm-hmm. and I don't actually feel all that sympathetic even trying to be objective, right? Like right. I was trying really hard to think, oh well, Leary is um she's just a she's like sixteen, she's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are all idiots when we are that age, especially about people we think we're in love with. Mm-hmm. Um and She's just made a mistake. She's just a little girl, and I should feel bad for her, but I just don't. I don't And it either. makes me think maybe that's part of the reason that the episode in season two, The Fox's Lair, mm-hmm. didn't land that well for either of us either, because I just don't feel sympathetic toward her. I no. just don't. I just don't, and I don't think it's because I know what she does later. I yeah. think that like there's something about the way the show is handling her that makes her unsympathetic, even when I think she should be. Well, she's always just, she's, I can't think of a better word than the one I already used. She's just conniving. Like she's always, you can just see it. She's selfish and weird. And I just, and, and not, she's not charming. There's nothing, there's nothing to recommend her. <laughs> she's, she's got pretty hair. So there's yeah. the hair. That scene that she has in the Fox's lair with, What's his fuck son is mm-hmm. pretty cute. Yes. But she's just dumb and annoying and I don't like her. Yeah. Um that means the actress is probably doing a good job or they wrote it and I don't know how it was written. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm not sure. It just feels I sure like I didn't like Oh your love. Oh your love. I think that we're supposed to feel sympathetic toward her at this point, and I just don't. And it makes mm-hmm. me think of, we'll see this later in the season, but um, after they're hitched, 
And Jamie comes back and Claire has him like sleeping on the floor because of the spanking. Um, And Leary shows up when he's just hanging up by the river and is wearing like a corset with nothing on underneath it and talks about how she's a virgin and he wants him to she wants him to have her first, even if he's married and blah, 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 blah. And she's crying and obviously upset and heartbroken. And I'm still like, bitch, no. (laughs) So I wonder I don't think it's the actress because I think she does a fine job, but I yeah. just, it, I do not ever feel sympathetic towards her. Nope. So, newsflash, Larry starts sucking and continues to suck. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm curious for those of you, um, and those of you who had read the books, please don't mention anything that comes later where we may or may not see her in the future. I guess that gives away that Larry comes back. But, um... No, I'm not surprised by that at all, even though I haven't read the books, because when she came back at the Fox's Lair, I was like, what? Okay, she's always going to be lurking. Bitches be lurking. She's always going to be there, and I'm always going to be like, get out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm curious, both book readers and non-book readers, whether or not there are points in the show where you actually feel genuinely sympathetic towards Leary, because I th- think that I should, and I just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else spoilery that we want to talk about? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love seeing Galus. I just mm-hmm. like I cannot believe I had forgotten that the first thing she the first thing she says is about poisoning her, her husband. husband. Like, like you can't falter. You can't falter honesty. She's got a thing. She's got a definite. Oh, bless you. Thank you. She's got a definite uh, uh, itch to scratch there. And Janine, really I think you know this. Dead husband. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you know this. But this is the character that got reintroduced at the end of season two yeah, yeah. in mm-hmm. the red tights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like the McDonald's dresses, I think right before she set show. her fucking husband on fire. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, I think that's it. Yep. Thanks for sticking around, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.